everyone, and welcome to Root Tap Radio, the Green Witches podcast to all things flora, fauna, and spiritual. I am your host, Bree, and every week we'll cover topics to help feed you in knowledge and in spirit. Merry meet witches and friends. I hope you've been having a wonderful week and are taking good care of yourselves since we last talked. In the past weeks, I have created a Facebook page for us, and you can find that by searching Root Tap Radio on Facebook. I also have got the website published, and I'm making the episodes into a blog format so that all the information will be available for you at easy access. The website can be found at https colon backslash backslash roottapradio.wix, that's w-i-x site, dot com backslash my site, all one word. I have the domain name within the next three months as a manifestation I'm making right now. I'll update you with the site name when that happens. On the website, you can catch up on episodes, find links to all the platforms we're on, check out the blog, and even read a little bit about me. I'm always worried about rambling too much about my personal self on here because some people like it and others absolutely do not. Personally, I like to get to know podcasters like friends. I like to know when they have two kids, two cats, and they walk that fine line between goth kid meets cottage core. But I understand not everyone enjoys these ramblings. I don't feel I need anyone's permission to speak in a format of my choosing, but I want people to take me seriously. Does anyone else have that problem? Like, People, even those who have elected you as a leader in some aspect, just don't take you seriously. Ugh, anyway, let's segue into what we're actually talking about today. Tis the season of giving, but COVID, as usual, just stands in the way of our usually holly jolly volunteering. I found many social distance, safe, and online opportunities to volunteer that expand beyond the month of Yuletide, which is awesome. I'll save the websites for those who are on the go, but I'll also include them in the show notes for those who want that information. Also this week, we'll have our two herbs of the week, and our famous witch in history is someone we owe much to in our modern understandings of herbal medicine. So settle in, grab a drink, and let's talk. I was surprised to find that volunteering remotely had evolved so much in the past few years and I'm so glad that there are ways people can reach out and even and give even in this wackadoodle year. I've put together a list of various places you can actually volunteer instead of donating money. Obviously, if you have the excess, please consider donating to a charity, but times are hard right now and a lot of people can only give their time and their skills, and that's just as, if not more valuable in my opinion. I'll be sure to include the links in the show notes so you can find them easily. These organizations work with a variety of skill sets so everyone can get involved somewhere. If you work for or know of an organization that accepts remote volunteers, please email me or contact me on social media and I'd be happy to add it to the list and give it a shout out. Okay, so let's start with administrative or clerical work for local nonprofit organizations. This may take a bit of digging on your part to search around your area, but I guarantee you can find one. 
a soup kitchen, a women's shelter, an after-school care program, there are so many kinds out there. Most are trying to get the groundwork done, so answering emails and organizing paperwork is one stress that would be nice to remove from their shoulders. Take to Google or the streets with your mask and give one a call. Speaking of phone calls, care calls for at-risk individuals and seniors that need to keep loneliness at bay is another great way to volunteer. I saw some French classes are actually doing this to work on their French skills. Check out caretakers.com to be added to their volunteer list. An audio reader program for those with vision loss, mobility challenges, or other challenges is a little known way to volunteer. It's all done from your home via the telephone. Give the gift of reading and check out bookshare.com for more information. That was really sales pitchy, but it's true though. I can't imagine what it would be like if I couldn't read anymore, and I'm already so grateful for the audiobook actors that allow me to listen to books while I'm on the job. Some days they are literally the only thing keeping me sane. A popular one right now is to make masks and donate to churches, hospitals, nursing homes, child daycare, or other essential businesses. When people forget their mask, these businesses have to provide them. I don't know about you, but I'm picking up so many single-use masks out of the parking lot, and I'm thoroughly disgusted. So the environment, and not to mention the smaller businesses who don't have the extra revenue right now, would greatly appreciate a reusable and donated option. Writing letters to a local nursing home resident is a family affair. You could have young children draw pictures for the residents and I guarantee that they will have the aides and nurses hang them on their walls. At this time, I would call the activities director of the home and inform them you're wanting to write letters for the holidays to the residents. They can tell you how many to write for and if there's any quarantine restrictions. Your time and effort will be deeply appreciated. COVID information is all over the media these days. And sadly, not everyone is able to speak the language being used, so they're in the dark on the health crisis and developing information and preventatives. If you are proficient in multiple languages, you can translate COVID information to the public via Translators Without Borders to keep people safe. With mental health suffering and morale at quite a low, staffing a crisis line would be a huge help. Ensuring those who need it have someone to communicate with is absolutely priceless. Visit crisistextline.org to become a volunteer. I have to add in there, for someone who's an introvert like me, knowing that you can text someone rather than call is much more safe Feeling. I hate being on the phone, and I know so many other people do. Plus, working a crisis line, it could be somebody who is in an unsafe situation who can't talk on the phone. So having someone that they could text in a crisis is just fantastic. A giant in the community, the Red Cross has many ways to volunteer. From case monitoring, translating, talent acquisition, coding, digital tool testing, and many more opportunities that would take way too long to list here. 
You can visit their website to see how you may be of help if it speaks to you. The UN, or United Nation, stands for ending poverty, building peace, educating gender equality, and more. This organization is always looking for volunteers to their causes, and I know many of those I just listed resonate with a lot of people. So get to seeing how you can get, be involved. Alright, we're taking a trip back to home life. You can donate to food banks if you have money to spare, or food you will just never eat. Some of the most sought after foods, and funny enough, they're fairly inexpensive foods, are canned and dried products, peanut butter, and rice. Help feed your community. Lastly, consider fostering an animal for adoption. Shelters are full right now, and many animals transition to a new home much easier when they've been a foster. Also, fostering children is another huge way to volunteer. Children need kind-hearted foster parents, and there is aid for those who foster to help with food, clothes, and health. Consider opening your home and heart and let kids, both human and furred, in. Like I said, I will include the websites in the show notes. Big or small, we can make an impact this season by reaching out to one another in love and helpfulness. If you volunteer, I'd love to hear about it. Email me, message me, or tag me in a social media post at RootTapRadio. Alright, we're going to move on to our herbs of the week, and this week... We have eucalyptus and rose. Eucalyptus is associated mostly with the moon, but also with Mercury and Venus. I'm convinced everything is associated with Venus. If Demeter's Roman name was Venus, then I'd understand, but it's not. So I don't know why literally everything that I've covered so far has been associated with Venus. Eucalyptus is a protective plant and known for its healing. A Vicks Vapor Rub, anyone? Its element is air, which is apt because it's not only for the lungs, but it's also great for vibe correction sticks. And that would be the PC name for uh, smudge sticks, or at least that's what I've started calling them. So you could do a blend of lavender, rosemary, and eucalyptus stick to clear your living space and invite in positive energy to fill the spaces left empty. Eucalyptus is also good for mental clarity, improving concentration, and warding off evil. I wonder if you put eucalyptus and lilac in a possessed home, if the entity would just leave instantly. Like, these people are not playing around, I'm gone. <laughs> eucalyptus is also associated with and clears the root and heart chakras, as well as releases anger. Totally makes sense with Mercury Association because of the communication. I've noticed that I've been talking about the most used crystals when it comes to gift for your plants, so we're going to branch out a little bit to lesser known ones to give a greater variety. Fluoride would be great for its clarity properties. Just be sure that it stays out of sunlight because the colors will fade. Appetite is a good choice for its assistant in communication. Appetite is the color of like Caribbean waters, that bright blue. And in its raw and tumbled forms, it has a crackling effect, kind of like the nail polish. 
Bloodstone is another good choice for eucalyptus for its grounding and its ability to purify the chakras, especially the root. Bloodstone is often a deep green with flecks of crimson throughout, though it's often seen with a yellow gradient too. To me, it looks like a forest dragon egg. The last stone for eucalyptus is hematite, or some people call it hematite. Hematite is the ultimate grounder and great for anxiety sufferers. I carry me, carry mine on me at all times. Hematite is silver to deep gray stone and it's magnetic. Don't let hematite get wet or cleanse it in salt because it'll rust. I'd suggest doing a moon charge or a smoke cleanse for it. Really for all of these, that would be the safest way since there's so many things that could go wrong with the water being too hot or the salt causing problems. Just stick with the smoke cleanse or a moon charge for these three stones. Or I'm sorry, these four stones. Moving on to rose. Roses are popular and for good reason. For witches though, she's far more than a thing of beauty. Roses are used for divination, protection, health, peace, beauty, and love. Now let me come right out and caution you on love spells. I personally will never give someone a love spell to make someone else fall for them. They're out there by the dozens. So it's your practice, do as thou wilt. But I believe all love spells should be self-love spells. I would rather you fall deeply in love with your highest and best self than put it all on a partner who's not meant for you or that causes you pain before, in the present, or in the future. In a perfect world, a love spell would take us right to our truest soulmate, but that rarely happens. So, but that rarely happens when we look for it in another person. I want you to love you as much as I do. So for all you love spell searchers out there, look for a self-love spell first, please. Okay, so let's move on with roses. Understandably, roses are ruled by none other than Venus, of course. And there is so much contradiction about which element it belongs to, so I'm going to go out on a very short limb here and say that it belongs to the element of spirit. I have seen that it's air, it's earth, it's water. If we get fire in there, it'd just be everything. So it might as well just be spirit. Roses are an excellent choice for glamour magic and you can make rose water toner and infuse it with glamour. Roses are actually excellent for acne, which would be great right now considering how many people are having acne from wearing their masks. Just boil a few cups of water about about three cups of water and a cup of roses in a pot and wait until the color is leached out of them. You can use white roses but it's a little harder to tell when that's going to happen so I usually use pink or red. Once the color is completely drained you let it cool and bottle it and dab it on like any other toner. As I mentioned roses come in several colors and they all mean different things in the language of flowers red for passion, white for purity, dark pink for gratitude, light pink for admiration, yellow for joy, orange for fascination, and peach for uniting. They all have a couple more 
meanings to them, but these were the most concise. For crystals, roses would enjoy carnelian for its action for self-love, but make sure that you don't use water or salt to clear it. Howlite is another good choice for releasing ties that cause stress. And pink tourmaline, to heal emotional wounds, promote kindness and peace. We'll move on to our witch in history. This is our first male witch in history, and we owe a lot to this man. Nicholas Culpepper, not pepper like the herb like I thought originally, but he translated a lot of herbal remedies from Latin to English to make them more readily accessible to the masses. Nicholas Culpepper lived from 1616 to 1654 in England, and he was known as the People's Herbalist. He published The English Physician in 1653, which is now known as Culpepper's Herbal. It focused on English translation of Latin descriptions written by the College of Physicians to make herbal remedies more accessible. Nicholas Culpepper is the only son of Reverend Nicholas Culpepper and his wife Mary. They are of aristocratic origins and were landowners. His dad passed away two weeks before he was born. And when he was born, his mother left the manor where his dad was just appointed Lord to live with her family in Isfield, Sussex. Grandpa was a stern reverend and sent Nicholas to Cambridge, as well as personally teaching him to read and write Latin and Greek. He was inspired to study medicine when he read Herbal by William Turner, and cue the pirate's music for me. <laughs> Grandpa eventually restricted the reading material to only the Bible, which is so backwards. Which is so backwards if you're going to teach and encourage education, why would you restrict reading material? But Nicholas was meant to study theology at Cambridge to become a minister. So he read medical texts of Hippocrates and Galen and took to drinking and smoking as the additional fuck yourself to grandpa. Nicholas fell in love with heiress Judy Rivers and they planned to elope to the Netherlands. On her way there, her coach was struck by lightning, and she died. After this, Nicholas became a recluse. A year later, his mother died due to breast cancer, and he left Cambridge. Since he left, Grandpa disowned him from the fortune, but in an act of grace, he set Nicholas up with an apprenticeship with Master Apothecary Dan Daniel White, and then severed his ties. Nicholas served as an apprentice for five years, mostly cataloging, but his work was reinvigorated, reinvigorated, good lord, I just cannot talk today, when he met a literary hero of his and astrologer, William Lilly. Nicholas married Alice Field, who was 15 years old at the time, just, ugh. She was the daughter to a wealthy merchant and he left his apprenticeship for home ownership and set up shop in the poorer section of London. Nicholas became a healer for the poor, seeing 40 patients a day, charging little to nothing. 
His grandpa died in 1640, leaving him only 40 shillings as his inheritance. But he wasn't bad off because of his wife's family. Nicholas served in the English Civil War in 19, or 1642 and was shot with a musket ball in the shoulder and sent home. He was called the rebel physician by fellow physicians who believed that only the rich deserved their services. Boy, don't that sound familiar. Nicholas published a directory for midwives in 1651, and I kind of want to read it. I'm going to have to see if I can find that. Sadly, his war wound caused health issues, and he died after a long tuberculosis battle at the age of 38. He fathered seven children, and only one outlived him. Now you can find Nicholas Culpepper's work at your local library, your local bookshop, bookshop.com, or wherever else you find books. That brings us to the end of this episode. The season of giving is well upon us, and I hope you found a way to volunteer that spoke to you. I'll see you actually tomorrow for a Yule episode because it's finally here. Gods, I feel like Buddy the Elf. The Elf Father. Ugh, anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. And you can follow me on social media at root underscore tap underscore radio on Instagram, Facebook. Or you can write me at roottap underscore radio at yahoo.com and also check out the website. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and until next time, merry part my friends. Mm-hmm.